Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona, Tehillim, and Other Hebrew Texts Podcast, episode 144. The following is the recitation of Psalm 131, a.k.a. Perak or Mizmor Kuf Lamed Aleph. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 131 Shir Hamaalot Le David Adonai Lo Gava Libi Velo Ramu Enai Velo Hilachti Big Dolot Uv Niflaot Mimeni Im Lo Shiviti Vidomamti Nafshi Kigamul Ale Imo Kagamul Alai Nafshi Yachel Yisrael El Adonai Meata Vead Olam Psalm 131 is only three pasukim long and is the 12th out of 15 in the Shiramalo Song of Ascent series, and one of the few that says Le David, which clues us into the fact that it somehow pertains to something in David Melach's life. The overall theme of this psalm is humility, where David speaks about how he doesn't have a prideful heart or look at the world in a haughty way. The rest of the first Pasuk has different ways of understanding it. Maybe that he didn't expect grandeur just because of his kingship status, or like Radak, who says that he never tried to comprehend all of the ways of Hashem and instead humbly accepted that there were matters which were too great and remote for his understanding. I like Saul Koshitsky's edition of the Dot Mitkra Bible interprets this part, quote, and I do not occupy myself with great things or with things beyond my power, end quote. Many commentaries speak to the self-effacing nature that comes with the humility that David is expressing here, giving praise to how David showed restraint instead of overt pride and recognizing his puniness as a human as compared with the vastness that is God and his Torah. I can appreciate this perspective and the awe and reverence that it's meant to keep in mind towards and for Hashem. However, there is that concept of ani afar ve'efer, how one is to consider themselves the dust of the earth, fitting in line with those commentaries just mentioned. But on the flip side, we are also meant to recognize kol ha'olam nivra bishvili, that the whole world was created for me. How do we reconcile these two values that we hold in our religion? I think the balance we find in this psalm is the balance that we are aiming for, but would have to inspect it closer to understand. In the second Pasuk, David says that he equalized and quieted his soul, akin to a child that has weaned from his mother. There are a few suggestions as to what this could mean. Rashi suggests that 
just as a nursing baby is totally helpless and entirely dependent on his mother, so am I completely dependent on Hashem. Radak says that this is referring to a weaned toddler who has achieved a measure of independence, yet hovers beside his mother as a source of security, guidance, and support. Or of Hirsch, with the combo of ideas, saying it refers to the nursing child who, once satisfied and full, makes no further demands on his mother and only seeks the warmth and closeness of a loving parent, saying David just needs God's presence and proximity and he's able to be content. I didn't really understand what all this had to do with humility, though. Quieting your soul through knowing that God is near, etc. How exactly does that happen? This is clearly a message David is trying to impart to all of Israel, as he says in the last Pesach, that basically Hashem is worth the wait, perhaps a reference to the previous psalm, and, we, and that we can trust that he will be there for us and or answer us. So before we answer how this translates into humility, one more suggestion for how to interpret the baby theme here that I want to mention is from Robert Alter. He says, quote, The person content with his lot, who does not aspire to grand things, is able to give himself the kind of reassuring calm that a loving mother gives the weaned child who she offers comfort. After the rejection of images of reaching beyond, the speaker evokes a sense of beautiful self-containment and embracing of oneself like a child, end quote. Now let's try to tie this into all the, the theme of humility. The Chovat Halavavot calls true humility, hishtavut, equalizing, the same root word used in the second Pesach here, because the humble person accepts all life's events with equal serenity. It makes no difference whether others honor him or insult him because he is completely unconcerned with his own status. This reminds me of that reference to self-containment Mr. Alter just mentioned, or self-regulation, aka. <laughs> Understanding it this way gives a very different feel to the self-effacing, self-deprecating viewpoint other commentaries were understanding this to be stemming from. Though as different as they seem, all the commentaries seem to have one thing in common, and that is the idea of the importance of intellectual humility. A person that is intellectually humble doesn't cave every time their thoughts are challenged. Instead, they entertain the possibility that they may be wrong and are open to learning from the experience of others. Intellectual humility is about being actively curious about your blind spots. Thank you, quick Google search. This gives new clarity on the second Pasuk. Our normal instinct is to surround ourselves with people that think like us because we want to avoid what feels to our brains the same as a physical attack when it's only an attack on our preconceptions. We just need to remember that some of the things that we think could be wrong, and it doesn't have to feel like a failure. It can feel like relief, and it 
enables us to let go of the ideas that hold us back from growing in the ways that helped us even get as far as we have today by doing just that. Research shows that having intellectual humility helps to foster stronger connections with others, as well as being more tolerant, among other benefits. The comparison that David gave of the weaned, content baby or toddler, it makes me think of a toddler who naturally recognizes an incompleteness in his knowledge, who doesn't see it as a weakness or ignorance, but rather as an opportunity every day to learn and grow about the world around them. You can actually become a more effective advocate for your beliefs by allowing them to be challenged. Okay, so I see how this can help on a communal level where people can admit that they might be wrong to each other, but how does how has David personally quieted the angst of what once was an unweaned child hungry for its needs to be sated? Intellectual humility goes beyond interpersonal relationships. I was talking with someone who shows their anxiety outwardly, explaining that often this looks like her blaming others. And her response was, well, I'm usually right. My response was, well, if you believed you could be wrong, imagine how much less angst and stress you would be feeling. That yes, you have many great thoughts and ideas and input, but what happens in that space where you're curious instead and trust that even if you are wrong about being wrong, the other person may need to falter to learn what they need. And while guidance is always appreciated, you don't need to be the one to fix it all. Or the opposite, someone who expresses their anxiety inwards blaming themselves for every overshare and or wrong thing that they did or said, deeply internalizing and blaming themselves, thinking of how everyone must be thinking about them now. What if you gave that same space and curiosity and had the possibility that you are wrong and incorrectly reading the minds of all those people around you? Can you get a sense of how equalizing, regulating, and quieting this can feel? When David is telling the people of Israel to wait at the end of this psalm, I believe, and of course, I could be wrong, get it? (laughs) He is talking from a place of intellectual humility, telling us that just because things seem to be in the depths and dreary and hopeless, like the beginning of the last psalm mentioned, stay actively curious about your blind spots, the things that you cannot understand. And instead of arrogantly assuming we know we are right that things are hopeless, remember that it's possible that you could be wrong, accompanied by the feeling of embracing that inner child and providing it with all it needs. During this high holiday season, embracing this lesson of intellectual humility is what it's all about. May we be able to have the intellectual humility to stay curious and 
remember our fallibility so that we can be kinder and more self-regulated and connected to ourselves and others, recognizing the things that are beyond our power. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is in the merit that Hashem answers our prayers with what we need and that we are able to recognize it. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nurseNisa1, N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes. Please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining. Thank you.